0: Yes, indeedy. Welcome to the Upful Life Podcast. I'm your host, B. Getz. And this is episode number 30, Dirty 30, coming at you live and direct from Isolation Station out here in the Sierra Nevada foothills of Northern California been a hell of a week, but we're so grateful you are tuning in right now. I just want to take a moment right off the bat and acknowledge just the uh, seismic losses over the past week in the music culture. Moment of silence. Ellis Marsalis. Patriarch of the great Marsalis family of New Orleans and jazz music, an institution. The iconic Bill Withers needs no introduction nor explanation. And the national pastime that is John Prine. The latter. Of whom passed just a few hours ago before I started recording this. Now, um, not really going to go into a long winded diatribe about these legends of their time. The history books have been and will continue to be written, and many folks. Who uh, have been around these cats Will write and talk and speak And pay tribute to them So I just wanted to off the top Acknowledge Ellis Marsalis Who we heard a great deal about On the uh, Derek Smoker episode Of the Up Life podcast And of course Bill Weathers and John Prine Uh, John Prine who we heard a touching story about And from uh, Chris Perella on Episode 29, Isolation Station, Volume 1. So thanks to Chris Perella and Kendall Deflin, who I started calling her by her married name, Kendall Corso. But indeed, uh, in terms of backline for organization, she's Kendall Deflin. So thanks to Kendall and, of course, Billy Ayuso down there in New Orleans. And we're going to move into Episode 30 and the second uh, volume of Isolation Station or this sort of... Adaptation of the Up for Life podcast in light of the virus and fallout. So we've got a series of really sweet interviews today for episode 30. I started things off with a little more reggae, but uh, indeed this is our dear friends, Lettuce and Trapezoid dub that you're hearing off the top here. And um, Lettuce dropped a really cool track this week called Funkin' From Home and it's one of those uh, recorded each band member in a different place and and was mixed by Schmeens, who was a guest on this podcast some time ago, Adam Smirnoff, and they put that out on their YouTube, so check that out from Lettuce. And I'm going to shift to their uh, their latest track, Endugu uh, which is on their forthcoming album, Resonate, uh, which should be out in early May. But right now you're going to hear... And Dugu, and then we'll introduce our first guest on the Up for Life podcast, episode thirty. So for my first guest this week on episode 30, uh, we're going to have Richie G, DJ Richie G, or Richard Grossman. Uh, He's a super fan uh, that I've come to know and love in the greater music community that, you know, attends a number of festivals, uh, specifically Jazz Fest, Bear Creek for a long time, Hulaween, uh, Jam Cruise, you name it. Uh, Richie's been out to High Sierra here in NorCal. And he's a a part of the Greater Lettuce family. That's why I'm... uh, One of the reasons why I'm kicking things off with a bunch of Lettuce here is because Richie's my first guest, and we do touch on a little bit about Lettuce in the the chat. But the reason that I reached out to him, other than the fact that he's a a hardcore Lettuce and funk and really all types of music fanatic, but also he has lived through the COVID-19 virus and seems to have come out the other side. And uh, in light of everyone... You know, asking, do you know anyone that has the virus? Uh, you know, We see that posted in social media, or you may hear that from a friend or family member. Well, we're going to put on some folks through the next few weeks that have, uh, in one way or another, encountered this in real life, in their own lives, in their families, and uh, Richie's one of those guys. So I picked up the phone and gave him a call once he told me he was well enough to talk. And by well enough, I mean he's he's been doing his DJ live streams throughout his COVID-19 journey, but uh, I guess he felt good enough and well enough to l- let us uh, record a conversation just about his experience and also the money he's raising for masks and uh, why lettuce us so special to him. And before, actually, uh, we go to Richie, I just want to acknowledge another friend and musician in the music community that I've come to know and love for shit like... 22 years now and that'd be Todd Stoops uh, Todd and I lived in Vermont at the same time and we're in college at the same time and actually played shows together in different bands at Higher Ground at the old Higher Ground in Burlington, Vermont and I got word today that Todd Stoops wife Freya and Todd have tested positive or I guess she tested positive and it's a given that he has it because they uh, you know play house and uh, have been uh, isolated and uh quarantined together and she's a nurse been on the front lines exposed to it all so shout out to the stoops fam We're wishing you the best let richie g be inspiration that you too shall uh, persevere i uh, want to shout out all the health workers out there and we talk about that in a later interview on this podcast but all the health workers out there on the front lines my boy gabe rock in arizona who's a guitar player of the first band I, I was ever uh, in in elementary school, in middle school, into high school. So Gabe Rock, uh, keep on keeping on, and my man Paul Pater Familius, Paul up there in Boston, dedicated listener to the Up for Life podcast, huge fan of music of all kinds, dating back to the early days of the Dead and the Almonds, and has regaled me with stories of the different shows he's seen, Little Feet, etc fantastic human that I had the pleasure of serendipitously meeting at Jazz Fest on the fairgrounds last year. And uh, I happen to know that he too is a nurse on the front lines. Uh, And shout out to Paul. Shout out to Gabe. Shout out to everyone out there in the front lines. Freya Stoops. I bet each and every one of us that's listening to this knows someone that both has the virus and or is a health worker out there doing the lord's work all that to introduce my dear friend dj richie g on the up for life podcast i'm your host b gets this is lettuce and Dugu. goo this is richie g richie g it's b Getz. how you doing
1: awesome buddy great to hear your voice
0: yeah man welcome to the up for life podcast
1: Ha <laughs> glad to be here my man honored yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's an absolute joy to have you on, especially in light of everything that's going on. So, uh, you know, you're such a valued member of the music community that I'm so blessed to be a part of. And, you know, we get to share in some of the great moments in life, musically, artistically, culturally, you know, friendship. But, you know, I see a lot of folks asking, do you know anyone that actually has the virus, right? You see that a lot all over the web. And, you know, I happen to know and love you like many others, and you unfortunately have lived through this shit in real life, so first things first, if you're comfortable doing so, just take folks through how you uh how you got it or how you got through it and where you're at now
1: uh, awesome, yeah, no problem, man. I first of all, I appreciate all those kind words i'm I'm honored and glad to be part of you know like the most beautiful community. Um, a lot of this has to do, you know, since I met my wife, we really delved into it together, and um, you know, it's 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 such such an awesome time. It brings me so much joy. And so moving, you know, forward, I I um I would have to say we're not positive exactly where I I contracted it, but I will say my wife in the wine business did it, attend a huge um convention and tasting for all Italian wines and there was mostly italian people there presenting their wines and although they had been you know in the states for you know, probably as much as a month it had seemed you know that that it's been going on there for a while and there's a good chance that she might have become a carrier at that event, and that was early March. And then, who knows, I went to a big benefit, actually, ironically, it was a New Orleans benefit, um, the Roots of Music. It's a a charity that I've been supporting for many, many years, maybe almost 10 years, provides music uh, instruments for kids in New Orleans, can't afford it, schools that don't have it in their program. And uh, it's a great event I go to every year, and uh, Taz played Actually, my son, Sat in on a song with Mark Reckler's band, Circus Mine. It was lots of fun. And, um you know, there was 300 people there, <laughs> you know, partying and raging. And it turns out that, you know, we, we did find out a few others had contracted it from there, but not many. So it's not like I had it at that point and maybe spread it to tons. We've only heard of a few. And um so that was like the 7th of March. And then by the 9th, I started feeling sick. By the 10th on Tuesday, I went with my wife to go do some business in Connecticut, and I was done. I had a fever. I had a body aches. I had breathing issues. I couldn't move. Um, I was in bad shape, but still only thought it was the flu. Still thought I was sick. But by the time you get to day four, five, and six, and you still have a fever, and you're still can't move your body and your breathing is really interrupted that's when you start getting nervous and that's when i started realizing this this is probably the virus um and so you know went to go get a test uh you know, was able to find a place it was a clinic it was it was kind of like out of a movie you know you go there you can't even wait inside the building they give you a mask while you wait doctor comes in in full gear you can't even see an inch on his body And I fit all the criteria. They were screening people. They would not give a test unless you had all the symptoms. And I know people that don't uh, have enough symptoms and they can't get the test. So it's still the the situation to this day. And so he said, you had the symptoms. He gave me the test, gave me the flu test as well. Said, I'll have the flu result in, you know, two hours. And the, uh, the coronavirus test, I don't know, four or five days um and so, two hours later i didn 't have the flu I, I knew it buddy i I knew I had the virus, and you know, but that was technically the bad news and then uh, waited like anxiously and my wife and I just called, and you know Maureen kept calling I kept calling and and finally, seven days later they the doctor called and said you got it you 're positive at that point i had and I still had fever was still like eleven twelve days of fever, and the breathing was still terrible um at that point, you know, uh, we asked, like, you know, should should Maureen come in for, you know, a test? They're like, no, she's got it, <laughs> you know, no need, you know, which was pretty crazy. And and that was it. So you know, just dealt with this. Uh, didn't only immediate friends knew. I really was kind of just dealing with it. Um, I was nervous. I was scared. I was I watched death grow, um, I got more scared because the breathing was really tough. Sleeping is really tough. No appetite. Um, you know, it was just a lot, those are the main things. If, if anyone's wondering, you know, it's all, you need to really have most of those things, fever, body aches, breathing, appetite, smell is kind of went either way. I, I couldn't remember if I could smell and it, you know, it was 21, 22, 23 days. It's still, I still not a hundred percent. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know, three and a half weeks in at least, I feel like it's still going to be a while before I'm there. And that's basically, you know, it. You know, Maureen took great care of me. Um and and that's, you know, been dealing with it. Look, I'm very lucky to have her in the same house to be quarantined with. <laughs> sorry to be sorry to be all squishy B. <laughs> no sorries at
0: all. Holy shit, Richie. I mean, wow. Thank you for taking us through that roller coaster ride. I cannot even imagine uh but you know, in in some way, you know, like you telling folks and being you're such a people person you're such a personable guy outgoing you you know you have really uh great and and special friendships and relationships with so many of us that when it came to you having it is really like the tipping point moment for so many of us who were like transitioned from this being something we saw in the news to something that was real so i appreciate you you know Letting folks know long before you actually got your test result that you were like, wake up, folks. It's happened to me. And, and shout out to your lovely wife, superstar partner, Mo. I mean, she was already a rock star, but I mean, come on. Incredible that she was able to, uh, to nurse you through this. 23 days. I mean, holy moly. Think about that. Like, Really hard to imagine being sick and, and having that foreboding uncertainty hovering over. Yet it never really dimmed your positivity. And, and the reason I know that is cause, you know, when you've been strong enough and able, you've, you've busted out the tables. Cause you're a DJ first and foremost. So let's, let's transition from the, from the virus to like the positive vibes what sure. what's going on with DJ Richie G in the live streams? You were one of the first cats to really get up and running and your parties have been great. And I know you got a big one planned for some birthdays this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That I'll tell you what. Um, it's, it, listen, you know, I Maureen and I can have fun in a closet, you know, for, you know, a year. So it doesn't take much for me to, you know, I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. But, um, you know, music's been our life that, you know, since Maureen and I have been together 15, 16 years, it's always been about music. And I have to say every single friend it seems I have either connects with me through music um, or I met through music, you know, along with all these, you know, great musicians and bands that you and I are both so lucky to know and, and you know, fraternize with. And, you know, immediately when I saw this, this thing was going into a shutdown and a quarantine, um, you know, I knew Facebook Live was something that people are doing. I, you know, I could see, you know, and this lessons live is something I even ventured, talked about a year ago, believe it or not. And so I knew it. I knew that, you know, this would be a way to, to get people, you know, to tune in, you know, see me, uh, listen to good tunes, get them dancing, you know. And then we also immediately installed the Zoom aspect. So we have two links. We go Facebook Live um, and then we have a Zoom link and there could be, you know, a hundred people scrolling through screens, just dressed up, putting on lights, dancing, drinking, having a good time and connecting, you know. And then there's always like a little after party when the music stops where people could talk a little bit. Um, and then I just bust out the tunes and, you know, week one, it was an immediate success. I mean, you know, I've gone Facebook Live with a show and, you know, get 10, 12, 15 people, but there was like hundreds you know, right across. And so I made an event out of it. And every week, it's been growing. I've been trying to change the theme up. I don't want to do the same set. You know, I got a bunch of genres in my uh, arsenal. So, (laughs) you know, try to switch it up and, you know, please everybody. And this week, we got some special birthdays. We got, you know, another big heavy hitter on the music scene, uh, Josh Raskin and Karen Dugan. I know you know them. Um, and it's Karen's birthday, and it's my dear friend Liz's birthday, who's like my little sister. And then you got Ellen and Michelle Goldblatt and Rose Diaz. Uh, so we have. We, you know, I know this is probably air after the show happens, but we knew it was a big birthday week. And to be honest, B, this Saturday night, we were all scheduled to be at the Brooklyn Bowl for uh Funk. And we had, like, lanes reserved, and it was going to be a whole – it was probably going to be hundreds of us there to celebrate all these people's birthdays. Um, I think some of the girls were going to ALO on Friday, and there was some other brunch on Sunday. Sunday. So we're like, let's make this a birthday week because we were all planning to be together anyway and i figured in doing so i'll get out of the disco scene and old school hip hop and funk which is what i'm most noted for and i'll do it i'll do a jam band um and i don't well i guess i can give a little bit away but we're going to have some uh, folks I'm, I'm blessed some of the musicians are going to do some shout outs and we also got um you know some deep cuts from people that you and i both know that will sent to me special <laughs> stuff that people will not have heard anywhere Uh, anytime
0: I have no doubt Richie that's that's awesome that you're doing that and I gotta say like you know back when I lived on the east coast in the early 2000s I was really indoctrinated into that you know it was in essence the New York City freaks music scene and I used to take the train up from Philly and uh, several of the folks that you mentioned and and that greater music community like helped make me for real like not just with the writing but in general so it's awesome and really special that you have the ability to kind of step in given these circumstances and at least give uh, everybody a birthday party of some kind and I hope to log in and be there myself and I don't know if we're going to get dressed up because we're out here in the sticks but <laughs> we'll definitely check in and I you know going back to what you talked about before when you when you were blessed and fortunate to be able to be tested in the early goings um, the scene you described at the testing site and the doctors and the, the way they were masked up and suited up and dressed and et cetera. And I gotta say, I've heard from two dear friends who are nurses on the front lines. Uh, my friend Paul, who's an avid listener to this show and a great dude who I finally met at Jazz Fest last year. Older cat. You'd love him, Richie. One day we'll all hang. And my, the, my bandmate from my elementary school band, Gabe, who's out in Arizona. Uh, also on the front lines. So given that you painted that picture, and then I also spoke to James Casey yesterday. You're going to be on the show with James. um, And he talked about his own mother on the front lines as a nurse. So uh, just shout out to the health workers everywhere who are, are, you know, basically the reason why you're able to have this conversation with me with it basically in the rear view.
1: Well, B, if I may just interrupt for a second, I, I, I did leave out and I will say uh, this might, well, no, this is not a shameless plug. This is a necessary plug. I will say, oh, this show is going to be late, so I'm not even going to get it through. <laughs> I was going to say this weekend's show, uh, we're hoping uh, to raise some money, actually, 100% of which, whatever we raise, I found the connection with disposable masks, and we've already in touch with the guy and told him we may raise quite a bit of money, and we're going to buy 100% of the money's going to go to raise to buy um as many masks we get and we're going to bring them directly to Elmhurst Hospital to help these frontline workers to give them more protection and more safety Um, and I know a lot of people want to try and find and do something and there's a lot of people out there that need help but uh, the frontline people are the ones that you know I'm really in awe of right now and you know although maybe a little uncomfortable putting some form of a tip jar it's not a tip jar it's you know let's all band together and and help the people that need the most amount of help here. So uh, we are, I know the show is airing on Tuesday. I apologize, listeners. Uh, <laughs> but I guess it's never too late. And in any case, that, that's what we're doing this week.
0: It's no, it's, it's no apologies. Necessary. Richie, it'll only be like a couple of days later, and I'm sure uh, people's funds will still be good. So I'll put that r- fundraiser in the show notes. So if anyone hears this, they'll be able to still give money a few days after the fact. Uh, that said, you know, as you mentioned earlier, so astutely, and I I do say this to all my guests, that it really is the music thing, the, the La Cosa Nostra, this thing of ours, right? That's how we are all connected on this podcast, socially, uh, yep. spiritually. So uh, before we let you go, uh, I got to ask, is there an artist, a song, a show, an album that is getting you through, and especially you who were sick and living through the nightmare that is the COVID-19 any music you want to share with the folks that you haven't already shared, maybe already on your numerous live streams, just something specific.
1: Yeah. um, Honestly, there's not any one artist. All I'll say is through the very first, the most of the first half of COVID music wasn't even a possibility. That's how bad it was. I, I could be, I couldn't move. It was that bad, but I will say this, you know, I have to give, the props and, and throw out to, you know, the love of, of my friends and, you know, now family, the guys from Lettuce, um, you know, their motivation um, and, and, you know, knowing what they're going through when I'm closest with them and a long conversation with, with Adam Deitch recently, you know, who was kind of like blown away by this whole virus thing and, you know, pretty regular calls, which means, um. You know just under- you know they they've kept me close to the entire musical community, just in the 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 battle that these guys are having in the entire you know music world it's really tough, but um I will say I've been doing lots more research now since I'm better um, than I ever have, and I'm really digging up stuff and I'm listening to other dJs and you know the funk is is moves me. And, um, you know, Lettuce moves me and inspires me. And they're a big part of how all this began and right from the beginning when Maureen and I started our run. And I think that's, you know, that's really the most of it. You know, moved by the Fish album last night, um, the, two nights ago. I did enjoy that. I think that was genius by them. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, just a collaboration for me. Being a DJ... It can't be any one artist is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. Aho, as they say, and amen. Uh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect just one, but I you know, if I I asked for one, you gave me a couple. So as you well know, I, I basically got close to you through Lettuce. Uh yes. Lettuce is my religion. And uh this is a big lettuce podcast, a big lettuce house, and as I stand here at this glorious uh, expanse, this is a big lettuce ranch that I'm on right now. And uh, right. so shout out to the guys in Lettuce Funk. They dropped a great new like quarantine jam earlier today. I'm sure you got a, a glimpse of that. So uh, for those that don't know, I started a fundraiser for the Lettuce crew. Uh, the guys that actually, you know, put their stage together and tech their instruments and make sure they get from place to place. And also uh, Bo Williams, who we both know and love was on this podcast and he was instrumental in getting them out of Europe really quick at the last possible moment. So if you're interested in listening, we'll also put a link to the Lettuce Crew Donation Fund in the show notes. With that, Richie, I'll see you on Saturday night virtually, and uh, we'll check in with you down the road. Thank you for your time.
1: V, uh, thanks for having me. Again, I'm blessed and honored, and I'm glad we're getting the word out there. And also, a Saturday night, brother. Love to you and love to Alicia.
0: Yeah, love to you and Mo. Peace, brother.
1: All right. You got it, bro.
0: Say thank you to my man DJ Richie G. Check out that fundraiser. We'll put the link in the show notes. Raise money for those masks. And like I said, if anybody has any of those opportunities out there raising money for the healthcare workers or really any endeavor you want to hit me to of that nature, please gets at life.com. Now, as you hear the uh, Trey Anastasio band live take on money love and change we're gonna bring on a friend of mine who's been a member of trey band going on eight plus years now james casey a man of many talents on the saxophone he's a vocalist He's played with lettuce back in uh you know like around 2010 2011 and he's been in a number of super jams and cool projects went on in new orleans at jazz fest at bear creek and uh also was a member of megan trainer's uh touring band and went on the road with her but he's been a major cog in the tab wheel for you know almost a decade now and I had a great opportunity to get on the phone with James and talk with him about, you know, he was real early on the on the virus and was warning everyone, uh, really before almost anyone else I could think of. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to him and also just wanted to check in with him because he's out in Hawaii, he got away from New York City for reasons he'll discuss uh, in the interview, and we talk about his time with Trey and tells a real crazy story that i won't spoil in the intro that blow your mind so with that we'll hear a little bit more of money love and change trey anastasio band and then we'll hear from my man james casey on the up For life podcast episode 30 isolation station volume 2 yes indeedy James, speak What's up, man? Hey, man. How are you doing today?
2: <laughs> I Honestly, I can't really complain right now. I'm sitting out in this backyard with a whole bunch of birds chirping, man. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I would say the same, my friend. Yeah, I'm in a rural place out here in Northern California with some birds and some trees and some, uh, you know, mm-hmm. quiet, you know. So I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to speak with us on the Up Full Life podcast. I've known you for a while but I haven't talked to you in a while and uh, one day I'd like the opportunity to really sit down and rap with you about your career which has been really wonderful to be a part of and observe but the reason I'm calling you, the reason I reached out to you is obviously we're going through this just uh, unprecedented pandemic slowdown uh, beyond our wildest comprehension and you for one were among the earliest folks I saw, you know, warning your friends and your fans about what was to come. And I am here to own the fact that I was somebody who might have thought, hey, he's a bit of an alarmist here. It sounds pretty <laughs> doomsday, James. So w- what, did, what did you see before the rest of us or feel before the rest of us?
2: Well, I don't want to act like I am some guru or anything. Um, I was on Thor... With Trey, uh, in January we started somewhere around like the early, early to mid-January with rehearsals and and the tour. And what happens on tours? You get a lot more time on your hands than you normally would, and probably more than most people would normally have. So, um, during, I mean, we all heard about heard little inklings about some weird virus over in in uh in in China coming out but everyone over here was more focused on the impeachment like in terms of global I mean uh uh national news and when i saw that the virus kept spreading and it was i mean it wasn't in like a very small place it was in Wuhan and Wuhan obviously we know now is bigger than New York and it's a it's a it's a hub so People, it's a business hub. So a lot of people manufacturing and whatnot, uh, they, they fly out of there. So when I saw that it left China was when I saw that it was going to be a problem because <laughs> it's a virus. And while that sounds pretty benign or whatever, like it's, it's just a virus. It's just a thing. If it has a way of spreading, that's much faster than the flu. Now we all know that now, but I saw that in a, uh, in reports in at the end of January. And when I saw that, that's what I knew was going to be really bad. Um unfortunately it it's it is where it is right now and it's 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 become something dangerous and deadly like to, to the whole world. But I saw it around I started paying attention in the middle of January and I became alarmed at the end of January. So right after right when the tour was ending.
0: Right on. Yeah, I, I remember you're posting about it initially, and and you know I got to be honest, like m- most of us just were so engulfed, whether it's our attention to our day to day lives or the war, the impeachment as a on a macro level, uh, mm-hmm. it just it it came like out of nowhere to 98 percentile of the population and and I feel like you were one of the first people that you know level-headedly said to anyone who would listen you know wake up and pay attention this thing is for real so allow me to own the fact that yeah I I might have been thinking you were an alarmist and even more so thank you for at least lighting the fuse for so many of us to be curious because like wow if James is this freaking concerned I should maybe uh, look into this a little further than I am. And that was really the the beginning of my own, you know, research, if you will, before it it was Mm -hmm. shoved down our throats. What was it like on the tour as you were like, uh, you know, taking in this data and information on a daily basis? You're on the road with these people. You guys talk about everything. What was the general vibe with the band, with the crew, with, you know, the people in your life?
2: okay, well, to be honest, in the beginning, it was, you know, it was jovial. We were on tour. Everybody's happy. We are on tour for the most part. Like, people are, Trey's been, everybody is real, real cool and down to earth, and, you know, we all have fun together and whatever. So it was was a cool situation. But then Cyril got sick when we got to um, Texas. I think we were in Austin, and he got sick. And that was when uh that was around like the january 23rd somewhere around there and that was right when the 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 virus had left china and was starting to get pop-ups everywhere else and um we were joking about it <laughs> we were we were literally joking us we we flew from um phoenix after our show there to, to Austin and you know he got sick the next day he had it was the flu he had the flu type a so it was was a really really difficult flu and he had to take like four or five days off but we were joking all he could have the corona but like in the back of my mind like wait he actually could because we were just in an airport in an international airport and that was when i started doing a whole lot more digging and yeah, after that, I mean, <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't a joke anymore um, after that. Like, right right when we found out that he was fine, we realized that this is not something to be joking about, and then so ended in the beginning of February, and we see what's happened since then.
0: Right. I remember that with Ciro and, and saw that on online that he had gotten ill, and I honestly never even connected the dot. Uh, at all it's, it's good to know he didn't have this but uh nonetheless uh, it was you know a wake-up call of sorts and then so the the tour ends and mm-hmm. uh as you mentioned things just you know spiraled uh, at warp speed to where we are now so just to pivot a little bit like what's your reality uh if, if you care to let the people know like what did you choose sure, sure. to do with their, your time and and maybe just like how did you navigate like the professional side of being a touring musician and having your entire industry just abruptly pause.
2: Um, it's, it hasn't been fun. (laughs) It's not a very, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult all around for everybody involved, especially the, the instrumentalists, the touring people, the people who, you know, the, the crew from the crew to management, everybody's, everybody's situation is halted. So, um, I had, a, um, I had a friend who uh, – I, I had a planned trip already. I planned it in January to, to come to Maui for a week or so. And when we saw – what I saw what was happening in New York, I was supposed to leave on a Sunday. But I played a show on Thursday um, at Brooklyn Bowl on May 6th, I believe. And then I took my flight that night and flew out the next morning just to get away. Because, I, I mean, it they they had just started testing in New York and it was just going from one to two to fifty to whatever it is now. So I got out before all that. But leading up to that, I had, you know I, I bought masks like I, I have N95s. Like I'm like the one person on earth who's who's not in the hospital has, still has those. Uh, I bought hand sanitizer. I bought all that stuff. But I started buying that stuff in in like the the beginning to the middle of February. And I try to tell folks, but right now um, I'm in Kauai. A friend of mine uh, has an Airbnb, and uh, they haven't been able to be filled, obviously, because they shut down the whole island. And instead of flying back to New York after my trip to Maui, I flew out here. And I'm just going to be here until until life gets a little bit better back home, because New York is pretty ugly right now.
0: Yeah, man, it sure is ugly in a lot of places, New York, New Orleans specifically. So we wanna send love out to our musical fam and, and everyone we know I know you're from the New York area or live there and it, it's gotta be a little bit hard to be so far, but at the same time you gotta is a blessing that you're where you are in this, you know, beautiful Kauai and Maui before that. But also, you know, difficult to be away from your people and,
2: and everything as well. Yeah, um, the main reason why I decided that I had to leave is because I have asthma. I have I have really bad lungs, and I've had asthma my whole life, so I can't, like, a respiratory disease could be fatal for me already, and this particular one is so much worse than everything else that I had to leave, and unfortunately, we've lost a lot of people. Like, I've, um, uh, I don't know when you're going to air this, but just yesterday, Ellis Marcellus died, and Ellis... Like I remember taking uh, a lesson or two from him when I was like in between high school and college and I played like a show with him like back then and I remember he was he was such a uh, a great teacher. He was obviously a great player. He's uh he's Marcella's dad, he's uh Witten Marcella's dad, but he's he comes in, he's like the patriarch of that whole family. But he was an amazing music teacher and he's gone from this thing and it's just It was was like devastating to hear, but unfortunately it's just going to be the, that's going to be what's going to happen and continue to happen until this thing passes. And it's, it's it's very, very sad.
0: It really is. And thank you for, for honoring Ellis like that. I saw that yesterday and uh, we had a fellow, Derek Freeman from New Orleans drummer. I'm sure you know him. He he studied Mm -hmm. with Ellis many years and he told a lot of stories about Ellis and Listeners of this podcast, I'm sure, are familiar with his contributions, and it's just beyond a shame that, that it was this that so abruptly took him from everyone. So, you know, rest in peace to Ellis. And, and I, was, I was wondering, you know, because, you know, you mentioned about uh, the asthma, and, and I didn't know that that was a consideration with your choice to leave. Uh, is that something that you have to really
2: deal with regularly, just being a saxophone player? Honestly, being a saxophone player actually helped with my asthma. Um, it's, when I was younger, uh, uh, I tore my ACL uh, playing basketball, playing football, I'm sorry, in, in high school, and I had to get a knee surgery. And I don't think I've ever told this on an interview before, but uh, when I went in to get the knee surgery when I was 16, uh, uh, my vitals crashed, and I flatlined because of the, the anesthesia so they had to you know you know reinflate my lungs or whatever after they brought me back and because of that i like i already only had 70% lung function so i had to do a whole lot of yoga breathing exercises to even be able to like play a full phrase on a saxophone but uh it's not something and because of you know because of that whole situation i used to get bronchitis like five times a year or something like that but this particular thing would have uh, would have t- probably taken me out. So I had to go. I had to get away. Um, yeah, that's, that's the answer to that.
0: Right on, man. Well, I'm glad that you had the option and, and things lined up so you could get away. And, and you know, we, we couldn't stand. We can't stand to lose anyone else. We don't see when anyone gets sick uh, anymore that already is. And, uh, you know, you stay where you are as long as you got to. And, and the music and the New York and everything else, We'll be ready and waiting when the time is right. um I don't want to spend the it's so glorious to to chat with you about stuff, and like you know, I can't believe that you got brought back to life. We'll have to revisit that one uh, down the Anytime, road, man, we could talk about it oh my goodness <laughs> man um I mean, that's just like one of those things you never expect to hear when you when you're know, I'm gonna do an interview right now. It's like but anyway, uh I want to give some <laughs> folks you know i've I've known you uh, as a musician and I call you friend for you know better really a decade now and I can remember seeing you at a fish show once and way back in the day in like a Madison square garden, I want to say, and it's just been an absolute joy uh, to see the way you've just been embraced into the, you know, Trey band as a, as a band and, and the greater music community that's associated with that whole world that, that I've been a part of for a long time. So just to give some folks some like cool vibe, cheery shit, and, and less of the doomsday stuff, which we have to talk about. But, course, man, like, can, can you just reflect a little bit on, on what it's been like, whether it's musically or the chemistry, anywhere you want to take the Trey band experience
2: thus far? Okay. Um, so I joined Trey's band in uh, 2012. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I've told the story a few times, but when I first got the phone call, I had no idea who he was. Some dude named Trey called me, left a message on my phone. And I was in Arizona at the time, and I listened to the message. He was like, hi, I'm Trey. I have this band called Fish, and I I wanted to know if you wanted to be a part of my band. I'm like, I don't know who Fish is. I don't know who Trey is. I hung up the phone and went back to sleep. Um, I was in Lettuce at the time. So I called, like, when I woke up later, I called up Krabs. I was like, yo, man, some dude named Trey called me. He's like, take the call. Take the call. Call him back. Call him back. So... (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah, called him back, uh, got that whole situation figured out. And, um, it's just been, it's been a great ride. Honestly, he's a, he is one of the most, um, honest people that I've met and honest in the sense of like, he's not, he's not putting himself out to be anything that he's not. He's not trying to be, a nice guy. He is a nice guy. He's not trying to be a, a kind person. He is a kind person. He's not trying to be an excitable person about music because he is exactly that. And he's, he's exactly what he seems to be on stage off stage, which is more than I can say for a lot of the people that I've ever played with and been around because, um, I mean, to be 100% honest, we are in the field of making of putting on a show, we're performing, we're performing. So sometimes our performances have to include, you know, us trying to make everybody feel good or whatever. I'm trying to make everybody like a happy song. We have to be happy, a sad song. We have to look depressed like that. If you're in the pop world, there's a lot of that stuff. But with him, everything is exactly, it's him. He's not trying to act, he's not trying to play. And that's refreshing to me. Um, He's also one of the most prolific people I've ever met in terms of writing. I I don't know how he writes so much, but he writes so much music. Like he, like even right now, he's writing like a song a day on on uh, on on uh, on Instagram with this with this uh, quarantine. And I literally have written one song since I've been in Hawaii, and I've been here for like two weeks. I don't know how he does it. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's 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 highly irritating that it takes me so long and it takes him so little time to just be able to emote some things. So that's the, that's, that's the thing I actually appreciate the most. Like besides his, besides him being honest and sincere, the fact that I'm watch, I can watch him create so much in such a small amount of time. is beautiful.
0: Yeah, man. He's a, He's a Jedi for sure, and it's awesome that he's you know brought you into the fold, and now you have like such a prominent role in the sound and the, and you know and your vocals and stuff. So it's, I wanted to ask uh, because before, or during the tray thing, maybe in a in a period of time I don't know how I can't remember how you juggled it, but I know you you went out with Megan Trainer and and even had a vocal solo tune at, if I recall. And what is it like? these artists that are so established and you're just not just, but you are a member of their band and they see something within you enough to, to give you the spotlight. Um, that's got to feel like amazing to, to be brought into the fold and be given such a prominent role in these like huge artists with such adoring fan bases.
2: Yeah, it's, it, it is amazing. And, um, and I appreciate it. Um, I don't know exactly why it is that I end up in these situations but the artists tend to trust me because I I don't have I, I don't I I can't fix my face that's, that's what my mom used to tell me like you need to fix your face when you're on stage you can't you can't like if if it's sounding bad you can't <laughs> you can't let everybody know cuz they can't quite tell what you can tell but No matter what, I'm honest. So when people ask me, when an artist asks me how things are going, how things sound, whatever, I'm completely honest in what I think. And what I think may be wrong, but I'm not going to sugarcoat what I think with anything that's going on. Also, um, the thing about Trey's band, everybody in there is very, very talented, especially, you know, Jennifer and Natalie. So... I never considered myself a singer. I always considered myself a saxophone player who could, you know, I could I could sing backgrounds or whatever. But um it's over the last few years things have just kinda evolved and shifted in a way that I've had to sing a whole lot more and because I've had to sing I've gotten better at singing, and because I've gotten better at singing, I've had more opportunities to sing. It's kinda like a like a snowball effect. So Trey found out I could sing. He didn't know I could sing at first, but he found out I could sing. And then because he found out I could sing, I've been singing more and more and more and more. And now he's just trying to, he tries to showcase all of us. He tries to make sure that we all get part of the line, like, like get a little bit of, get a little bit of shine because, you know, we're, we are helping him in his vision. So he wants to help us in ours.
0: That was really well articulated, man. I know it wasn't the, the most direct question, <laughs> so thank you for uh, you know taking it there. And that's a really poignant way of reflecting on the experience. I know that it's so. We get a you know again because going back to the early days when you get an opportunity like that, I, it fills me up with pride to see you out there doing it and doing it well. And I gotta say, on behalf of music fans everywhere, that it's just amazing uh, where you are, where you've taken it, and and obviously once we get through this darkness. Uh, future is super bright for you james obviously for the trey band and i look forward to whatever your next musical endeavor is who you join up with or what you do uh you said you wrote a song so we're anxiously awaiting the james casey debut solo record i'll tell you that much
2: man it's happening it's going to happen soon enough well it well soon doesn't really mean anything anymore right now but (laughs) it'll happen um i also want to want to say something um I know this particular community loves the musicians and the artists or whatever. And I know you all know how difficult it is for us right now. If you can, uh, you see somebody out there like putting themselves out there, trying to play guitar, or play something for tips, do me a favor and just give them what you can. Because honestly, most of us are not doing very well right now. Like most of us tour musicians aren't at the level where they were able to save up, something right now. And it's, and I know everybody's hurting, but we don't necessarily have ways of gaining income. So if you see somebody doing something, even if you don't necessarily dig it, just throw them something if you can, because (laughs) it's rough, it's rough out here. It's rough out here.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I've been trying to do my part and I know that the community is supporting the best they can and, and they need to hear that. And we'll definitely be sure to, uh, you know, we're trying to run down a few of the different streams that are going on uh, mm-hmm. on this podcast. So I appreciate you mentioning that. And we'll we'll uh, make sure that folks know where and when they can see their favorite artists. And like you said, even ones that may not be their favorite, but they're out there hustling because it's all they got. I am ending every interview with the same question, right? Uh, we all know each other one way or another from the music thing. Uh so is there an artist or a song or just really anything at all that has given you strength or peace during this time like a, a just a recommendation that that you think can really reach some folks when we need it most
2: I have a friend um her name is Jamie Woods she's an an incredible singer and um she I was feeling really, really down. I found out um, a good friend of mine had this virus and he was in the hospital fighting. So, um, like that morning and I was feeling real, real down. And I just happened to go on the Instagram and the first thing was up was her singing a um, uh, uh, Bob Barney song. And I was just like, <laughs> it was one of those things that just it just hits you right when you hear it, uh, and because of that, like I had, I felt like I had to go ahead and do it myself. I, I obviously am not a singer like she is. She's, she's one of the most incredible singers I've ever heard in my entire life, and that's not me. But the song, is called, um, it's called, it's uh, called Don't Worry. like Don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. Obviously, it's a difficult song to hear when everything's going wrong, but that definitely gave me a little bit. It, it was it was exactly what I needed at the time, just to help me, just be like to get out of bed and like, okay, we can continue to do this. I can keep continue to call up my friends, call up my mom. My mom works at a hospital, so I'm constantly worried about her. But um, just to just to keep going, you know
0: indeed indeed yeah the music of Bob Marley timeless and we've been on a steady diet of reggae out here on this ranch so Mm -hmm. I feel you there and I appreciate you bringing up your mom Uh, and I want to take the opportunity to thank her and all the workers out there on the front lines risking their own safety and, and health and wellness to try to stem the flow flatten the curve and I know it's it's a veritable war zone out there so uh let your mom know that we really appreciate her. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, James, for the time on the Up for Life podcast. Uh, we'll do it again down the road when we can really dive deep on, on your journey.
2: Let's do it when I'm down.
0: All right, man. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Take it easy. want to say thank you to my man James Casey for that thoughtful and just really interesting and introspective and informative interview, conversation. James is a real special talent and spirit, uh, and it's been just a privilege to be uh, along for the ride as his career has really taken him to some special places. And it's just a joy to get to chop it up with him when life has slowed down and we're both chilling in these very remote, beautiful, rural places. So with that, we're going to transition to the next interview, Miss Shira Elias, who you may know from Turquoise. Uh, She was in the Canary Yellow for a long time before they transitioned into the quadrachrome era and left the uh, color wheel theme behind. But, you know, Shira is really a woman of many talents. And you may have heard her on this podcast for a long form interview back around late February or early March of 2019. So check that out. She kind of tells her story and her journey and her adventure up through uh, that time which had her in New York City and in the interim along with the transition with Turquoise uh, to this new era which she discusses in the interview she is rolling out her long-awaited solo debut Shira Elias Goods and Services so we get the lowdown on that project which uh, coincidentally includes James Casey you just heard from so uh, we hear a little about that and also her turning the page in her own life professionally and personally and go west so she uh, relocated uh, during the sort of early stages of the COVID-19 really taking hold here in the US and she's speaking to us from the desert out in the southwest. So we'll hear more about that and really just get the 411 on Madam Shira on the Up For Life podcast. And you're hearing P.J. Morton, his unplugged record. This track is uh, all right. Everything's going to be all right. And it's featuring B.J., the Chicago Kid. This is the Up for Life podcast, episode thirty, Isolation Station, Volume Two. Shira Elias of Turquoise coming right up. Hello. Hi, Shira. It's Begets. Hi, V. Uh, welcome back to the Up for Life podcast.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it was a delight when you came on the show in the early days of me doing this. And <clears throat> it's uh, wonderful to have you back, even if it's under these circumstances.
3: I know. It's always great to talk to you, talk to a real one.
0: Right on. Well, thanks for saying that. And uh, feelings are mutual. Um so uh obviously it goes without saying these are unprecedented times and everybody has a lot of time on their hands so That's for sure. Nonetheless I appreciate you making time to talk to myself and the fans. Where am I reaching you from right now? Where are you talking to me?
3: I am in Scottsdale, Arizona in the desert.
0: Right Writing on. Out. Yeah. But uh as I understand uh you picked uh picked up and moved your basically your whole life from New York City uh, towards Los Angeles and moved to Los Angeles as the coronavirus really uh, engulfed the world. What was that cross-country sojourn like at that time?
3: The timing is all pretty incredible, actually, and somewhat serendipitous, I think. Um, We pretty much, we left, my partner and I, we left um, New York February 12th, and then We took a week to drive and kind of transition and it was, you know, it was exciting and scary and beautiful to kind of end that chapter in New York. But, you know, little did we know it was like the perfect timing for us to get out because right shortly after that, everything started going crazy. Um, So, you know, everything was already in a pretty transitional phase for us just kind of settling into LA, but feeling really good about it. And then, Sure enough, next thing we know, as we're trying to, you know, figure out this new city, everything comes to a screeching halt. Um, I was actually supposed to go back to New York for Brooklyn Comes Alive. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, it was like we were – everything was pretty up in the air and unstable anyway in our lives, I guess. So now it's like an extension of that pretty much. Um, we're just trying to use the time to make make the best of it and focus on projects and – you know, reset everything pretty much. We came out uh to the desert to kind of get away from LA, from the city and we've been in Arizona working and relaxing and trying to just keep it all keep it all positive, you know?
0: Yeah, you got to. You got to. Thanks yeah. for uh for telling that story. Uh, I myself also retreated from the Bay Area and I'm talking to you from a very rural ranch in Northern California so I understand the need to sort of just get away uh, from the madness if you will do you find that Scottsdale has been uh, calming or tranquil or offered oh you my sanctuary God.
3: absolutely I mean A just it's just a beautiful setting of being in nature in the desert we've gone on some like hikes of course with no people around um, but yeah there's definitely something about the desert that kind of lends itself to that reset getting back into that spiritual you know self and uh it's been it's been a blessing i'm we're so i'm so lucky that we've had this opportunity to do this and being in la it was a new place for us living with a new person and you know it was scary at the time so we're like let's let's get away so i'm glad we got to do that when we did
0: yeah it's definitely a blessing and not everyone has the opportunity like that like you and i so so lucky. grateful yeah so indeed.
3: Grateful.
0: and with this time obviously you know we can talk a little later about the the slowdown of the industry but you were already well into your solo project and now I guess you got to really really dig in and dive into that more so than maybe you had allotted the time for what's going on with Sheer Elias goods and services
3: yeah I mean again like with the moving of New York it's just it it almost feels, feels like this whole thing was, like, cosmically, you know, planned for, you know, Turquoise, as you know, is a pretty on the go. We're touring constantly, and obviously I'm so blessed to have that, but this really now, so the EP will be coming out uh, in the spring, and there's obviously so much to do when you're starting a new solo project, All the all the content, all the business side of things that I am, for the first time, really learning how to do, and how to do it all basically on my own. So I've had a lot of time to really, really work on that. And then um, we just announced that we we're going to release a single this Friday, actually, April 10th, that wasn't, isn't even on the EP. It wasn't really meant to be uh, released, but it's called Burning. And when all this started happening, this virus madness, I just really felt like I had to kind of, say something for real to to the people and about how I'm feeling about how I imagine everyone else is feeling and so the song is really about that it's kind of it's about the 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 anger and the frustration and the fire ultimately that can kind of like change the course of this path that we've gone down in our society so kind of like a call to arms because obviously the virus is one thing but there's so much more obviously there's it's so much bigger than that of why we're where we're at and what's going on and how it's being dealt with. So yeah, that's been really fulfilling to be able to kind of focus on saying my truth because you know, it was the first time I was going to be stepping out on my own for real. And now it's I ha, like I was going to anyway, but now I had to. So, yeah. I mean, been, all it's been good.
0: I bet. I bet. And we look forward to hearing that song burning on Friday and, uh, of course everything that's to follow you know a lot of the best or say most legendary art through the years music otherwise has come from a struggle or conflict or or just any kind of you know adversity so i have no doubt Mm -hmm. that you know your music will reflect that can you talk a little bit about like putting it together maybe who you called who's involved or, or even your writing process
3: Sure, for for the EP, for for the whole project.
0: Yeah, just in general with yeah. goods and services. I
3: mean, so basically, I've been like slowly kind of working on my own writing over over the last you know few years. But then um, Joel, who goes by the producer name of Mega, um, he's my partner in this, and he kind of helped me bring all these songs to life. We started writing like a year and a half ago together. I also wrote some songs with Sasha Brown of. Formerly of Sister Sparrow. Um, and we pretty quickly had a group of songs that we wanted to put out, um, called some of the homies to come record on it. Nick Casarino and Nate Egger from Ants Power. Uh, James Casey's on it. We got AC from Talk. Um, oh, so I'm going to obviously miss so many people. Um, but uh, yeah, just, you know, the homies, the homies came through as they do. Um, we recorded it all in New York. And it was pretty much like this is the culmination of my time in New York somewhat, kind of like a love letter to this chapter, knowing that I was going to kind of be moving to L.A. and starting a new era for myself. Um, So having all the people that I've met on this journey kind of be a part of it and then kind of rounding out my New York era of what is Shira and the artist and like through being with Turquoise and um, yeah, so it's pretty much the culmination of that, which is exciting to kind of round that out and give that to the world.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I got to say, you know, it's really especially poignant to hear you talk about that in light of the conversation we had on the last podcast, where you sort of told your story up through your arrival and and your life in New York. So this. Is another chapter and look forward to hearing the music. What a sweet collection of players and contributors. You know, big fan of just about everybody you reeled off. And as yeah. a matter of fact, James Casey is, is going to be on this very same podcast as oh. you. So that's uh, very serendipitous as well.
3: Yeah, I feel so lucky to have these people be down with my shit
0: <laughs> yeah well obviously they they all recognize you've got something special and they want to be a part of that so that's a testament to what you do and what you've already mm-hmm. what are, you've already shown people just uh, in your role with turquoise and all the super jams and the collaborations you've done through the years that we've
3: Thanks, talked about Thank in you. the past
0: yeah and one of the cool things that uh there's been so much amazing content released both like the live streams uh, that many artists are doing and of course the stuff out of the vault. So before we go I'm going to touch on each of those. First uh, you've been getting together with some cats to do some really cool like spur-of-the-moment live stream performances. What are those about and uh, you think you're going to do any more?
3: Yeah uh, well the, the one that we did the uh, stay in a live stream was really like almost before we weren't even allowed to go out of our houses i guess it was we were still allowed to kind of have the like under 10 people thing um and lauren kashuk from ideas on she we were just talking and it was like before the live stream thing was really such a big thing we kind of got in at the beginning she's like can we just put something together because all of our stuff's canceled what are we going to do i need to we need to just like create we need to connect we need to make music so i called up alex wasili from dumpster funk the trombone player um and again i'm new to la so like i don't actually have all all my cats that i would normally call in new york right so he helped out out on that we got um a bunch of people from other bands, Super Jam Style, put together, and it was like, we know how to do this live stream stuff yet, so we kind of, it was a beautiful collection of people just figuring it out and putting it together. The response was great. We got up to, like, 50,000 views, I think, um, and yeah, it was a beautiful, like, one of those thrown-together things that you have no idea how it's going to go, but it was great. It was really nice to do that. We put together songs that we wanted to you know feel good appropriate like for the moment um you know we got our stevie and jill scott in there and like all the good ones and uh yeah and i think i'm gonna probably do one on my own because what else am i gonna do i gotta make some music so i'll probably do a live stream pretty soon but you know sans band
0: Right, well, you know, you play the hand you're dealt, I'm sure it's going to be dope. And yeah, of course, you know, Alex is is a G, and I'm sure he got, you know, quick dial-in, and the the crew you put together for that first Stayin' Alive performance was dope. And it's kind of almost cool. like a super jam, like you would find it like a Jazz Fest event or something, like a late night, totally. but live stream style. And that right. was really cool, especially in light of the fact that, you know, we lost Jazz Fest, or at least postponed, so it was a little yeah. brief sliver of a reminder of, of how right. we... like, learn
3: all this stuff really quickly, no rehearsal, and we'll see how it goes. But everybody came correct, so it was super fun.
0: Right on. And speaking of coming correct, man, I've so loved the Nuns Ton Turquoise live concert release, which uh, you yeah. guys were kind enough to drop while we're all stuck on here at home on punishment so what are some of your reflections of because that's sort of like the uh the sort of exclamation point at the end of the colors era and you guys had transitioned shortly after that and and the new era was well underway uh what are some of reflections or memories or just paint the picture of what the nuns a ton experience was like
3: um well it was really cool i mean to to be a part of making a, a film which which I had never done before, um, and then to you know we had a, a couple of days of filming and then we had a live audience and it yeah it just it was really like a a beautiful culmination i guess of of that whole time like we knew we were moving on to a next phase, so like for me, I guess at that point it had been. It, like four or five years, I'm not sure exactly. Um, to look back on all this music that we've been playing for so long, and then to kind of be like, this is this is what it is, and this is this is a, a piece of media that we'll, we can always look at and we can always have. And then the fact alone that we couldn't play live, and just to be like, here you go, guys, have a little dance party. So yeah, Danny and Dave did an incredible job on that, and uh, I'm glad we got to give it to the people now, especially.
0: Definitely. I mean, we certainly would uh, do appreciate it at any time, but to get it at this time is is definitely choice and appreciated on, on like a more profound level. Um,
3: yeah, and we actually we did the the premiere in uh, in Brooklyn at the at the movie some movie theater, and just like seeing myself on a screen that big was pretty dope. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna hate it and be super scared and embarrassed about it but it was pretty cool
0: yeah yeah i can only imagine seeing it on the big screen like that yeah and and you know with with turquoise you know you guys are always so busy and and it's got to be you know even though it sucks there's no there's no way around the slowdown being brutal financially and otherwise but it's good to have this time to yourselves and hopefully when you can get back in the bus or the van or however you guys do it uh you know, everyone will be refreshed and, you know, reborn in a sense from the downtime. I mean, that's what the,
3: if we can take anything beautiful from this, which obviously there's so much shittiness, but like, it it really feels like a true reset for, for everyone, for the earth, for, for the rat race, for this, you know, take a second to be like, what, what have we done? Where have we come to?
0: Yeah, so I couldn't. That,
3: I guess, is a gift.
0: It is Indeed. And uh, one last thing I've been asking every uh, guest that's been kind enough to come on the show, sort of a gift in a sense, is there an artist or a song or really any music that is, is getting Shira through this particular time?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not like totally new, but like the PJ Morton live gumbo album, I was just, I came on the other day when I was kind of having a rough, a rough day and that track, um, Everything's Gonna Be All Right. I think like BJ the Chicago kid is on it and that whole album in general, the, the gumbo unplugged PJ Morton. But, um, uh, I think it's called all right. It's like the last track and they just jam out on like the arrangement on it. So yeah, that uh, I I could listen to it over and over again. It makes me feel so good. Right so yeah, on. BJ Morton gumbo unplugged. We got it. Well, thank
0: you so much, Shira. We can hear that desert wind of howling and, uh, <laughs> Hope you enjoy the rest of your time out there Thanks the best for you can. Chatting. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure, a privilege. So uh, we'll yes, look out for the nice. new track on Friday. Yes,
3: April 10th, burning. Download it. Buy on it. We'll all share it.
0: Will do. And we'll oh, talk man. soon.
3: Talk soon. Bye, V.
1: of my life
0: There was no ear to hear you sang to me. I want to thank Shira Elias for that thoughtful and really wonderful chat from Arizona. And uh, look out for that new single, Burnin' this Friday, Shira Elias Goods and Services. Sounds dope, as does the forthcoming EP. So we'll be on the lookout for that. It's a big Shira Elias house, the helpful life podcast. And now I had to uh, get one more interview. I should say conversation or powwow with really one of my best friends in the whole world. Like no, no bullshit. He's on the first hand. I've known him for most of my life and he's one of the most loyal friends. And uh, just stand-up dudes. Anyone should only hope that they could have a friend like J.A. in their lives. And anyone who knows him knows this. J.A. is also an encyclopedia of, of music, history, culture, of course, sports and pro-wrestling. Has a fucking incredible sense of humor. Uh, super just empathetic, righteous, incredible friend, and hilarious, and I've always kind of seen him uh, as a regular appearance on the Up For Life podcast, and we started out in the very first few, he came on a couple of times, and then my man is a busy dude out there in Philadelphia, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. And uh, I'm on the other side of the country. And a lot of times when we get on the phone, we just want to shoot the shit. And we don't need to to tape it and broadcast it for the world or however many people actually tune in. And if you made it this deep in the podcast, you know, you'll be rewarded with just a very uh, poignant, frank, touching conversation with my best bud, J.A. Talk a lot of fish, as we are wont to do. Um, We talk the reality of the COVID-19 virus. Music industry, concert industry, uh, sports, wrestling, and and more. So with that, we're going to let this Addicts of My Life off American Beauty play for a moment longer. And then we'll hear from the one and only J.A. live and direct from Illadelph.
1: All are told in the
4: how's
0: it going Brian oh man it's going dude I'm, I'm talking to you from a really beautiful place out here in Northern California on this ranch so uh, I'm blessed but uh, lots and lots and lots of folks not so lucky how about you my friend
4: I'm okay I'm talking to you from the beautiful streets of Philadelphia uh, before we get started though it's uh, you know take a little time out RIP Bill Withers
0: Yes, indeed, my friend. Yeah, seismic loss for the music culture. Ellis Marsalis the day before. Uh, it's just, it's, man, as if it wasn't bad enough, we losing these giants, man. Uh, so respect and rest in peace. I was peace.
4: always fascinated by the Bill Weathers career, how he just had so much success and then just, you know, kind of walked away from the business. A very interesting man.
0: Yeah, I mean, and his life will be talked about and, and discussed and celebrated uh, quite a bit in the time to come. And there's been many tributes to him. And just taking a look at the songbook, like his cuts, you know, talk about anthems that are woven into the fabric of like, doesn't matter when you were born, what the color your skin is or where you're from, like Bill Withers tunes really get you in the feels.
4: Absolutely. He was an absolute legend. When I read that this morning, I was devastated
0: yeah likewise so um before we get into like uh your your situation home uh I, I was in touch with a mutual friend of ours uh gabe rock who's out on the front lines he's a nurse uh in arizona and uh he of course sends his regards and just want to let you know to keep gabe in your prayers because it's like a, a war gabe. zone out Absolutely. there
4: love gabe uh, I'm, i just found out you know recently that he was working in the medical field which is awesome god bless him and he's probably one of the greatest guitar players i've ever shook hands with (laughs) absolutely i you know gabe came over or
0: i should say i went over to his place in fifth grade and we jammed and uh, the rest is history and he's got a special place in both of our hearts and our whole hometown crew so gabe if you're out there listening we love you What's it like in Philly right now, Jason? Like wh- whether it's the hospitals or uh, the streets of Philadelphia, as you so succinctly quoted, uh, the boss. Give us the the vibe in Philly.
4: Well, um, I don't know what's going on at the hospitals. Thank God, but in my neighborhood, it's been pretty quiet. Um, people are only leaving their house to walk their dogs, um, or you know, take a little walk themselves, or maybe take the kid out. Um, The strange thing is, is like I know it has to, but like SEPTA and the buses and the trains, they are still running, so they need to get people to work and stuff. And I understand that, but it almost like has people. There's probably people on there that shouldn't be on there. I'm not really. I do on a whole think that um, Philadelphia is doing a good job. Um, You know, we're right next to New Jersey and New York, which are you know really feeling this. And, you know, we've been pretty good so far, you know, knock on wood.
0: That's reassuring to hear, my friend, at least, you know, your, your assessment of the situation. And I, I guess I only asked about the hospitals if, as if there was any, like, reporting. Let's talk about today's a uh, glorious, monumental day in fishery. I know we both shared uh, the 4-3-1998 fish show in Nassau. Uh, which goes down in the annals, and I made a short post about it today. Do you have any recollections of uh, your excursion up to Nassau from Philly and that that time in our lives?
4: Well, it was definitely um, early in my fish career. I think it was like the third year of seeing the band live, and uh, heading up to Nassau for two of the four shows of the Island Tour was so exciting. Um, just remember um I, it's more reflection, like you know it was more of a fun time, it was more innocent back then it was twenty five dollar tickets i don't know, just uh the vibe you know we were everyone was a little younger um but it was a, it was a, you know I, and fish has been fans have been have broken up three different eras and that was one point oh fish and it was just a different time you know. Uh, it definitely
0: was, and uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking we were so less interconnected uh that we would have to like dial on to the to the web and the uh, phone in our pocket if we had one certainly didn't have anything other than talk text, maybe a photo um, that said, there was this sense of adventure, you know, I jumped in a car with Stephen and Ollie, you know I was in college in Burlington and on a whim, chose to come down to the shows and got word through maybe Mike Slater that you were coming up, and uh, we had that amazing experience, just the adventure, uh, and then also obviously the iconic fish shows, and, you know, when I go back to the old days and I'm playing fish, uh, tonight's anniversary show uh, is almost always at the top of the list, but uh, let's talk 2020 fish, you know. Before we get to the what-ifs on the summer tour, uh, they did this uh, album listening release party, uh, which was a success, uh, at the very least, in an exposure, and it seems to be incredibly well-received. Uh, before we assess the music a little, like what did you think about just them choosing that method to roll it out at, at this time, and, and just your experience, how you, how you took it in?
4: Well, uh, um, leading up to it, uh, like... Trey was releasing songs every day. So um, you got the feeling that Trey was feeling what we were feeling and kind of wanted to reach out to us, you know, play some music. So I don't know. I kind of like in my head just uh, I guess like maybe he thought to himself like, hey, man, we're sitting on these tracks. They're masters. You know, the fans are at home. Let's throw the tracks out at them. That was kind of the vibe I got. But, I mean, you know, who knows?
0: Right, right. Well, obviously, they—the story has been reported now that they had done the session a while back, or sessions, and then the the producer from Nashville, Vance Powell, I think is his name, was like had other stuff going on, so he didn't get to mix it till March, and then it was like, hey, we need this now. And uh, I thought it was cool to be interconnected. I saw people from that we went to high school with in the the live chat, if you will, and have heard from so many folks in the aftermath. I gotta say. You know, it's cool. I love some of the tunes. I like a lot of them. You know, the sound of the album is really raw and organic and, and has a great fabric to it. But uh, all that to say the last nine minutes of Thread is, is the fish I've been waiting for for as long as I can remember.
4: Yeah, that ends the record. So I think that they were kind of, that was great placement. You know, you, you kind of waited around to the end and you got a real special treat.
0: Yeah, and that's a typical fish too. You know, like uh, play a, a lot of song-oriented stuff, save for the "Everything's Right" jam. I heard a little bit of like Stonesy New Orleans in the new new take on "Everything's Right." O- on the whole, were there, did you have any favorites, or or what is your take on Sigma Oasis?
4: Well, um, what's awesome about you know being a, a fish fan and seeing fish in it's you know similar to like some of the old school rock bands and uh the grateful dead where you know these bands toured a lot more and they would cut songs on the road that weren't on records and obviously fish and the grateful dead would play tons of songs that aren't on records so the fact that we knew a lot of these songs or all of them but i i actually heard most of them going into the record was awesome you know because you almost you already had a little relationship with it
0: Exactly, and and it's funny, because The Dead and The Fish are kind of the exception to the rule. A lot of bands don't feel comfortable road-testing songs before they lay them down. Lettuce does it from time to time, but and jam bands, I guess, in general, will take things to the stage early. But, yeah, there was a loose familiarity with a lot of the tunes, some of them as old as, like, Steam, and then something as recent as, say, Ghost of the Forest. Uh, I
2: thought it was a cool kind of snap snapshot you got me JA? yeah
4: yeah you were going to look now but i thought that was great compass some non-fish material even though fish has been playing some of that stuff
0: right right yeah i'll try to edit out any of the ins and outs uh okay because i'm really in the middle of nowhere and uh, talking to yeah. you from a picked it up but uh that said uh what about your other side of your, of your passion and profession? And that's the world of pro wrestling that I've been, uh, you know, it's been one of the great joys of our friendship is, is the fact that I can always go to you for the, the sort of minutia that we love about music. Um, what's the, the, how has the virus affected, you know, you're an independent wrestling commentator and I'm very involved on the local level, but, Nobody knows more about the big leagues than you. Give us the state of the proverbial union with pro wrestling.
4: Well, just like other, you know, businesses that perform for people, uh, most wrestling has been shut down uh, after tomorrow um, or this weekend, you know, Vince McMahon will be running his WrestleMania. And then after that, there really won't be too much new wrestling produced. We had two big shows ourselves lined up. And they both got canceled. One of them postponed. Um, One of them canceled because one of them was kind of a big deal with a lot of um, cosplayers and comic book stuff involved. So that's going to be hard to reprogram. But I think just like any business, the restaurant industry, everyone's feeling the heat right now. And, you know, um, there's similar stuff online for some of these independent wrestlers. uh, GoFundMe's and uh, just... Podcasts are telling their fans to go buy some T-shirts and merchandise, just like you would do with your favorite band.
0: Right on, man. yeah, I, I imagine that you know, we could talk off air about what we think whether or not uh Vince having a show to an empty house is the right move, sends the right message. I, but that said, uh, do you feel like uh, that the wrestling business will have a similarly uphill battle? like the music industry when, you know, they start letting 200 people congregate, then 1,000.
4: Um, definitely. Um, I heard the um, people from the NFL were talking about how they're going to handle their schedule. And, you know, they really, you know, they packed 60,000 people into uh, 16 stadiums every Sunday, and they do not want to play football and have 60,000 people in a stadium again until uh, a majority of the country has been tested and there are no more cases popping up. So I, that tells me you might not see football this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a reality that people will start to, uh, to reckon with in the coming weeks. Um, but as somebody that I know, and we both love football and certainly, you know, fly Eagles fly, I got to say, though, the NFL could even survive a dark season because they're that much of a financial monolith. However, I know you from, obviously, elementary school, but also uh, I know you from the concert business. Um, And a lot of our listeners are coming from a music industry place or even as a fan. Uh, What do you think is the reality for the concert industry moving forward? You think that uh, we're going to have to go booking multiple, night, uh, multiple shows in the same night at the same venue or, you know, tag team touring routing. Just spitballing. What do you see? How do we get back to, uh, you know, the clubs, theaters, and arenas?
4: Well, what you said is definitely has some upside to it. You know, um, the highly anticipated Rage Against the Machine tour was supposed to do five nights at Madison Square Garden. So maybe they could do an afternoon show and a night show. That stuff used to happen back in the late 60s, early 70s. The Rolling Stones would do an afternoon show and do a night show. So it's something that's it's, it's not uncommon. Um, but that being said, I really feel that uh, the concert industry will probably piggyback off of the sports industry. And after they make their decision, that's when I think the concert industry will probably open up again. Only because um, I say that, when it deals with the hockey arenas and the basketball arenas, because of course the NHL and the NBA is going to have first dibs in filling their schedule out. And then the big wigs like live nation and AEG will be able to put some holds and fill in the dates in between.
0: Gotcha, man. And that, that, that's something that obviously applies to, you know, when we're talking about Fish Tour, which as the time of us talking hasn't been canceled, but Trey Band has. It's hard to imagine that Fish won't be. And then, of course, they will have to, uh, you know, second priority to these uh, franchises and sports teams.
4: Um, yeah, so- I, think, I think Live Nation, is. it looks like they're working about six weeks ahead. Like So if you notice, like a lot of this stuff in May was just announced canceled or postponed. And I think they're just looking about 6 weeks ahead, but they kind of know the deal is that you're probably not going to have a summer concert series that you're familiar with.
0: Yeah, well, safety first and everyone's health and happiness. The music one day we'll play again, we'll all get to dance again. I look forward to sharing uh in the groove whether it's Fish or otherwise with you, my dear friend. Before we go, I got to ask you what I'm asking everybody that's coming on the show at these troubling times. Do you have a song, a show, an artist that uh, is really getting you through or resonating with you at this time? Anything?
4: Well, I mean, I think like a lot of your listeners, I love the Grateful Dead. I listen to the Grateful Dead every week. I probably listen to the Grateful Dead more than I listen to any other band I don't necessarily know if they're my favorite band, but they definitely get the most airplay. And every time I listen to them, I feel great.
0: <laughs> well, God bless the Grateful Dead, J.A. Absolutely. Um, I'm actually standing in, a, in in the region, in essence, where it all began. And uh, you can feel the spirit. And we, we've been playing a lot of reggae and a lot of Jerry, a lot of Garcia. Yeah, I
4: listened to uh, American Beauty yesterday. And like uh, I think I got that record. When I was in 5th or 6th grade So probably right around the time I met you And listening to it yesterday I was just as enjoyed As I have the last 30 years Of listening to that record
0: Yeah, right on It's a timeless classic The vocal harmonies, everything, the songs Um, For the listeners that don't know Our our tremendous history Where did we really Really meet in 5th or 6th grade Specifically
4: I would have to say the groundbreaking meeting for you and I was at a KISS concert at the Philadelphia Spectrum, uh, the Hot in the Shade Tour, KISS, Little Caesar, uh, who else was on the bill? Slaughter. Slaughter.
0: Up up all night and fly high, Michelle, we're all over, had bangers, ball at the time.
4: And uh, unbeknownst to me, you're sitting in the seats right next to me, my father, your father had a similar connection that got us tickets, Bang wouldn't you know best friends forever
0: man i love you thank you for sharing that and uh we'll check in with you down the road but man stay safe stay healthy and and virtually spread my love around to the philly fam
4: absolutely peace and love peace and love
0: I want to say, big up yourself, J.A., the one and only, my dear friend, for over three decades, and what a classic story of our first really meeting, back in like fifth grade, kiss, slaughter, little Caesar, at the Spectrum, press box, my man, so hopefully we'll get J.A. to come on in a semi-regular capacity here on the Up for Life podcast, because I really love uh, just rapping with him about all the things. You know, he brought me on his college radio show uh, upwards of 25 years ago, give or take. The Jason Abrams Show on uh, Camden County College Radio, I believe. And I've been always looking to reciprocate and return the favor. Once upon a time, I kicked a freestyle rap over Jamiroquai Instrumental live on the air believe my man dr shouse matt shapiro's got that on cassette somewhere but i digress if you made it this far thank you thank you for listening to the show thank you for supporting the up for life podcast supporting independent musicians artists and the culture you can reach me b.getts at upfullife.com with any kind of you know reactions reflections responses Suggestions, constructive criticism, welcome and encouraged. Please rate and/or review the podcast on iTunes. Super stoked if you could do that; gets the uh, algorithms moving in the right direction. Uh, you're hearing uh, Break Science in the background, and uh, with that, we'll get to the vibe junkie jam of the week. Now, uh, you know, once upon a time, I. A random rap episode i told a real personalized story that really seemed to resonate with a number of listeners so i thought i would tell another personal story for those who uh are still hanging on to the show after four interviews real quick before the vibe junkie jam of the week uh which will come to you from Break Science. Uh, so uh, it's no secret that for a calendar year, uh, late 2014 to late 2015, uh, I was incarcerated in Northern California uh, for cannabis uh, distribution. And uh, during that time, when I was down, uh, a couple months in, uh, I got wind that I could uh, order a transistor radio and earbuds from commissary Uh, it was was like uh, ridiculously overpriced it was one of those like three dollar radios clear so couldn't sneak anything in it Uh, you could see all the electronics inside the primitive transistor radio but it was my salvation at that point in time. I really didn't have any music I could hear. Okay, so talk about, you know, being imprisoned. You know, No music is jail in itself. But I actually was in jail with no music. And uh, finally I got these headphones and this radio. And I would listen to the local radio station up here in Northern California, Nevada City area. And uh, KVMR, it was called. Listened to all these different shows that were regular on a weekly basis or bi-weekly. Grateful Dead was every Saturday night. There were a couple of reggae shows. Redlocks was one of them on Friday nights. There was Bohemian Grooves with the DJ Faye, who was the one that played me the random rap, and I talked about this on that episode before. But somewhere along the way, early in my having the headphones... Uh, out of Nowhere on one of those shows, I believe it was also, uh, it might have been Mystic Al played Break Science once in a while uh, which features Sonia Kitchell and it's on their album Seven Bridges from 2013 which was in essence like a soundtrack to my first year here in California which was glorious and uh, ended in a dark place with me locked up and shamed and my dad died while i was inside it was you know dark times but uh i heard deitch one night in my headphones out of nowhere had no idea it was coming break science once in a while my favorite song from seven bridges and and my favorite break science song and it broke me just, you know, I was so attached to Adam as an artist and musician. Love him and Borum as Break Science. Such a personal uh, relationship with their music and their ethos and just what they do. So, um, I heard this song you're hearing in the background and wept like a baby in my bunk. Fast forward to when I uh, was released in October of 2015 um I was headed to Halloween at the end of the month but there's a local festival here called the Hangtown Halloween Ball and um both Lettuce and Break Science were playing at the Hangtown Halloween Ball and I wasn't exactly ready for uh, the enormity that was Halloween. um right off the bat having been down for a year conveniently there was this smaller intimate fest kind of like the uh, sort of nephew or niece festival to high sierra called hangtown halloween ball and uh, we went up there for the weekend and i was a little bit shook and nervous and we stopped by the hotel where the lettuce boys and borum were staying quick hello on the way to the festival and um we headed over and break science was playing that evening the sun was going down i decided it would be the first music that i would hear after i got out of jail for a year would be break science at sunset at hangtown halloween ball and uh we rolled up there I went up to the stage by myself as I recall and I was just standing there watching the sun go down Adam and Borom took the stage and they couldn't have known they really couldn't have known um, that I had heard once in a while in my headphones when I was locked up and it was such a pivotal moment for me and sort of turned the page in a lot of ways and showed me that I could still get that sort of spiritual boost of music even in L-Tank, Placer County Jail. Um, and that was uh, just an absolute gift. And that song, once in a while, featuring Sonia Kitchell on Seven Bridges, Really represents that turning of the page for me when I was locked up, and Break Science opened with that—the very first music that I was going to hear when uh, when I went to that stage, Hangtown Halloween Ball—and I just obviously was overcome, and it was it was just a magical moment in time that just stopped and it was just me and Adam and Borum and that setting sun and the song. And then uh, the next thing I remember is uh, my good pal Tony B, Nola, New Orleans cat that actually lives out in Tahoe, put his arm around me and we embraced and chatted and you know, I was back to reality. Um, And I I have a feeling Tony probably was standing there for a few minutes letting me have that moment because he's well aware of all the things that I described with my relationship to that music, to Adam and Borum and the heaviness of the moment that he was walking up on. So with that, I'm going to uh, play... This new acoustic version of Once in a While that Adam and Borum posted uh, a few weeks back. And they're in, like in an apartment in Colorado or a house, grand piano or baby grand and a little synth. And Adam on a, a small trap drum kit. So it's acoustic break science once in a while. Um, and then. That'll be that for the Vibe Junkie Jam of the Week and the Up For Life podcast, episode 30, Isolation Station, volume 2. This once-in-a-while track, just like the original uh, got me through that time in a major way. Uh, This one, this acoustic version, also broke me the other day when I was listening to it here on the ranch staring out into the Sierra Nevada mountains uh, the heaviness of of what we're all living collectively dawned upon me as the emotional quotient of this music was just so potent so uh, check it out it's from YouTube Break Science Once in a While Acoustic Uh, thank you for listening to that story Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting the Up for Life podcast, supporting me, supporting your local musician and greater music communities. I love you. This is the Up for Life podcast. I'm your host, B. Getz, and we'll see you next week. Yes, indeedy.